This is where great ideas about the financial world come together. Welcome to the Financial Forum Podcast with the president of Fortune Financial Group, Chris Galise. Chris, our final topic is really going to just be self-sabotage. We all have these little tendencies to do things. We get in our own way. And of course, in the financial world, you know better than, than we do that there are so many things that we cannot control. So why in the world would we want to mess up those things that we can control? Yet we do, right? Right. We're our own worst enemy. We that's can that's be, human exactly. nature. So let's just discuss a few places, simple places where people sabotage themselves, their financial health, and hopefully a couple of tidbits on how to avoid that, especially you know, when you're getting closer to retirement, those things, you know, it can amp up. I get it. It's uh, it's an, it can be a little bit nerve wracking and that's hopefully what Chris is here to take away is some of that nerve wracking. So, uh, let's talk about the market. So okay, just, just the obsessing of the short term, because right now, obviously clearly most of this year, and I'm sure it's going to be the case all of next year, there's going to be a lot of fluctuation, even though we've hit these new highs and the 28,000 on the down and all that stuff. If you obsess about the short term up and down, you can drive yourself nuts. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that's why I tell folks not to be, you know, looking at the market every single day because it's easy to get caught up in the, you know, just a 24 hour news cycle that we live in. You know, if you go back before uh, <laughs> you go back to George Washington, anything. he didn't have this problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's for sure. But even, you know, you go back, uh, you know, 20 years, 25 years before, you know, the internet became so everywhere for us before all these different 24 hour financial channels were everywhere. We didn't have, you know, all the news. So we, we didn't get so concerned about it, but you know, with all these news stations now, with all these bloggers, with all just, just all this content out there, a lot of these, these individuals, a lot of these networks, they have to fill, they have to fill time. And, and what do they do? They just talk about every single data point that's going out, whether it's the, you know, the jobs report that just came out or, or whatever. And, you know, they do move the market, but they just move the market, uh, you know, for that day. And then the next day it's something else. So if you just obsess over what happens on a day-to-day basis, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Don't look at the market. Don't look at your accounts every day. Maybe look at them once a month, once a quarter. If, you know, if you're more hands-on, maybe, you know, maybe just look at them once a week. But still, don't act on them because markets are going to cycle up and down. It's just inevitable. But if you truly have a, a financial plan in place, you know that plan should be in place. You know it's going to help get you through the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. You know not you don't have to worry about the next ten or twenty hours or days or weeks. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so please try to. Um, you know, not obsess over the, the just the ups and downs short term of the market. Yeah. And the short term there is the key, folks, because obviously, you know, investing in the market can, is a long term proposition. And so if you're watching it and you're saying, oh, I need to jump in and out now because it did this and then I need to do that because it did that. That's what we're talking about here. And that's how you can kind of self-sabotage a little bit. So uh, uh, that's absolutely. that's one place. All right. So security is another major one that always comes up. So we hit the two biggies right out of the gate. First, the market. Second, social security. I guess this point would be is it sabotage to turn it on at the wrong time, basically? I yeah, guess. well, I, I, I think the best way to describe it, Mark, is to start your Social Security 
without doing any kind of research, right? Without, you know, looking into, is there a better time or a more optimal time to okay, start it? Gotcha. Because too many folks started either when they're first eligible, which for most people is going to be age 62, or they started as soon as they retire, whatever age that might be, 63, 65, 67, you know, whatever. You turn it on because you uh, and, can, that kind of thing. And that, that might be the right time, right? Starting right. It at 62 or at retirement might be the right time. But if you haven't sat down and talked to someone who understands how Social Security works and could actually input all of your different criteria to determine when is the optimal time, well, th- you're doing yourself a, a, a disservice. Too many people just say, well, I paid into it for all these years and, you know, doggone it, I'm going to collect it as soon as I can. That might make you feel good in the short term, but potentially you can't be leaving tens of thousands or sometimes even hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table in lost benefits. So please talk to someone who can help you make that right social security decision. No, I think that's a good way of looking at it because again, it may be the right time, but again, without having the conversation as to how it's working in conjunction with the rest of your plan, that's where the sabotage can come in. You're like, oh, I'm turning it on because I can. And that's your only thought that you put into it. Well, that may not be the right thought. Correct. I agree. Okay. Uh, Nursing home stay. Uh, For a lot of us, it's just no, no, la, 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 la. Right. (laughs) Not going to happen to me. Right. right? Just pretending Uh, like it's. My kids will take care of me. I'm in great health. And, or it's just too far down the road. I'll worry about it later. But the sooner you the sooner you address uh, nursing homes and the potential cost of that, the better off you're going to be. Me myself, you know, I'm I'm 53 years old in a couple of weeks, and you know I've had long term care insurance in place since 2011. So that was you know in my late 40s. And a lot of people will say, well, yeah, Chris, you're you know you're in the business, and you know that's why you've done it. And there's some validity there, right? I, I see the the devastating effect of not having a, a long-term care plan in place, what it could do on folks' uh, situations. But just because I recognize it, that's why I tell as many people as I can about it. Because while I don't think something like that's going to happen anytime soon, you, you never know, right? A classic example is Christopher Reeve, you know, the actor you know, he was in his, you know, I think his mid forties when he had that equestrian accident and he was a paraplegic for years before he passed away. He needed 24 seven care. You know, you know, he was a, you know, very wealthy actor, so he didn't have to worry about it. But what if that happened to you or me? And yet you have these tens of thousands of dollars of costs coming up, you know, without having, you know, proper insurance, it can bankrupt you. Uh, so please don't assume it's not going to happen to you or don't assume you're you're too young to address it. The sooner you look at it, the better. All right. Well, let's turn to a, a more positive one here for a thought for a second, Chris, on the self-sabotage. And all these can be positive if you're looking at it from the standpoint of saying, well, I don't want to do this and mess up my, you know, my plan. So that's kind of the idea. But let's assume for a lot of folks out there that... Um, we'd kind of get, if you're lucky enough, you kind of get into this mode where you're like, man, I love my job. And, and just be careful that you don't assume because you love it today, tomorrow you have for the last 10 years that you might for the final 10 years or the final two years or whatever of your working life. Don't assume you're going to be in love with it forever, I guess. Right. And things change, right? It's, if you find yourself in that situation where you love your job, congratulations, because that's a fantastic position to be in. Right. What's the saying? Do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And 
you know, fortunately, that's the feeling I have because I, I love what I do. I love helping folks. I love meeting people. You know, so this doesn't feel like work. So if you are in the situation like that, congrats. But don't assume that will always be the same situation again especially if you're working for someone else things happen right businesses get sold there's mergers and acquisitions and things like that and company cultures change the boss that maybe you you love working with that person can retire or be replaced and then you find yourself with someone that you know you're not that fond of another situation to, to just be aware of is that you don't know what you know, your, your industry holds as far as other opportunities if you don't, you know, if you don't explore them. Again, I'm not saying that you should update your resume immediately and start posting uh, it online, but just, you know, in the back of your mind, always be open that there might be better opportunities for you. And, you know, if something comes up, don't automatically close the door uh, because you may be shutting out something that could be a very, very wonderful opportunity for yourself. Yeah, and I think that's a good point to make because a lot of things can change. You know, mergers happen all the time, as you mentioned, you know, acquisitions to where maybe policies or protocols change or just people that you enjoy work with and maybe they retire or move on. So just, you know, don't set yourself up for saying, well, I love my job now and I'm going to stay doing it forever. And a lot of, again, a lot of us do. And, and that's great if you're in that spot, but just realize that, you know, things can always change. Uh, towards the end there. Mm-hmm. Uh, final, so true. Yep, absolutely. So final bit, I mean, I love talking on the radio to Chris, but, you know, I mean, one day I might be like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> All right, final one is, uh, and this is really a good one. This is where a lot of self-sabotage comes in, Chris, and that's just not identifying how much we're going to need uh, from a spending aspect for the remainder of our, our life to maintain the lifestyle. So think about that for a second. Not like what we've saved and yada, yada. It's how much are we looking to spend to maintain the lifestyle we want to keep in retirement? Right. And this is critical. This is one of the first questions I ask folks when they come in to meet with me to, to get that retirement readiness re- review is to ask them, how much monthly income do you need to support your lifestyle? And it's so important to have an accurate answer to that because that number, that drives the rest of everything we do, whether it's $3,000 a month or $10,000 a month, we want that plan to, to be centered around how much income you need and make sure that we're delivering that income to you because once you retire, once that paycheck stops, you want to make sure that you're going to have enough income that you could just always enjoy life. I hope this information we've covered on today's podcast is helpful. And if you have any questions about what we've discussed or want to explore the opportunity to create your own financial and retirement plan, I encourage you to reach out. And what we could do, we could schedule a time to talk and see if you'd be a good fit for our retirement readiness review. And what this review will do is it looks at what you have saved already for retirement. It looks at what your goals are and it compares what you have saved to see if it lines up to what those goals are. So in other words, is what you're doing right now the best way to accomplish your goals? So get your questions answered and get your retirement readiness review by calling 800-993-1526. Again, that's 800-993-1526. Thanks for listening to the Financial Forum Podcast, 
We'll talk to you on the next episode. You've been listening to the Financial Forum Podcast. Again, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to Chris Scalise, 800-993-1526. That's 800-993-1526. You can also get in touch online by going to fortune-financial.org. That's fortune-financial.org. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Just search for the Financial Forum Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM. AEWM and Fortune Financial Group are not affiliated companies. Fortune Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Fortune Financial Group is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency.